here we go episode 158 with ruby is about to start we are closing in at that 200 mark which i'm super excited about and the other thing that i should mention is today is the last day to purchase your very own cut the shit get fit t-shirt so make sure you hit up the show notes click the link and get yours today or you're gonna have to wait all the way until next year but without further ado here we go with ruby we're going to talk about body image competing in figure and bodybuilding and how your mindset should be at if you're going to do one of these events because there's a lot of emotional physical and mental challenges along the way so here we go here's ruby episode 158 hope you enjoy it Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is a Facebook celebrity, Ruby. Say hello. Hey guys. Um, So I always like to start the show to break the ice for the audience, and you probably know this because you listen to my show, but what do you got planned for this weekend? Well, it's already Saturday here, so I'm planning some outdoor walks today, and then I usually start my week on a Sunday. Because it gets me rolling in the momentum for the new week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Perfect. And you are from Australia, correct? Yes. So what is the thing that everyone should do if they visit Australia? Go to Brisbane and enjoy the beaches over there. Because okay. it's... Well, I reckon Sydney's become overpopulated. So I reckon the Gold Coast is really the place to visit if you mm-hmm. do come... Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because it's interesting, out here in Vancouver, almost everybody I know, they always go travel to Australia. It's, like, a thing to do. And then we get a lot of, like, Australians coming to Vancouver and then staying in Whistler, which is, like, a mountain resort. So, like, we always go back and forth. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah. You're isolated in the middle of a bunch of water, so to get anywhere we need to fly places, we can't just, like, travel across the yeah. world. How long's the flight to go to Australia again? Um, I flew to America once, and yeah. it, the only reason it took me 23 hours is because I had a joining flight, and I had to wait, like, six hours for it. But I'm Jeez. pretty sure it's about 13 hours. Okay, that's not too bad. But, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, also, to introduce yourself, I would love to get you to do a little intro of, like, who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Well, to be honest, I don't actually know how I was not in this industry. As soon as, like, in high school, I knew that I wanted to specialize in health. So I I did a, I was enrolled in an exercise sports science degree at uni, and I was touching on nutrition and dietetics there as well. And then while I was doing that, I also did my personal training certificates and got fully immersed into it before actually leaving year 12, and then I continued it into uni. And... It was joining the Anytime Fitness near my house where the manager was obsessed with bodybuilding that really got me into competing. And then that threw a whole spanner in the works because I just became addicted to it. And then I started learning more and more, doing more courses, educating myself. And then a few girls just approached me for comp prep coaching. So I took them on. I did my shows as well. And then I pursued more education into it so I could actually be accredited as a sports nutritionist and then 
after about two years of just competing back to back in bodyboarding shows, I'm like, I'm running myself to the ground. I'm not living what I preach. I'm draining myself with training. I want to actually focus on a goal that isn't so physique orientated when the competitions are on in the off season. So then that's when I fell in love with powerlifting and it's been two years away from bodybuilding. I will return, but I'm loving powerlifting now. Awesome. So I'm kind of also curious is that, you know, out in Australia, is there anything different in the fitness world than here in America? Like, have you seen any differences or is it kind of the same? So much. Like I, I look at the bikini girls in America and they could pass as our figure girls. Like okay. the, it is crazy in America. And then I just was scrolling my Facebook the other day and you know, Maca powder. I've heard like of the Mac, name. Mac, it's like some, I think it's some protein or something. I, it tastes shit. So oh, Maca powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Apparently, it's on our ban list. So if you're taking oh. Maca powder, you can't compete in the natural federations. Interesting. So it's like completely crazy in Australia compared to America as well. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so what made you get into like figure and bodybuilding in the first place? Like what? about that sport like sparked your interest in the first place i actually started off as i have so many photos here but when on video as a 37 kilo stick pretty much and i just got obsessed with like building more muscle into my body and the actual aesthetics of like the actual curves of the muscles on the body and feeling strong and all of that stuff and i don't i have a really chunky waist so bikini was never for me so I was riveted on figure from the get-go. And then the manager that was at Anytime Fitness that I was training at, he was really into it and pushing me and saying, you can't do it, you can't do it. So I wanted to prove him wrong, other people wrong, and I wanted to prove myself wrong as well because I wasn't so used to being regimented and strict on myself. And taking myself out of my comfort zone just in the little, like the short term, it really triggered me to taking myself out of my comfort zone in the medium and long term because I was feeling like doing that made me so much better at conquering life and I became better at managing anything else that wasn't actually fitness related just because I was conquering myself in the gym. I was conquering my fears and in pushing myself past my like self-perceived limits in the gym and I had a guy that always used to come and like force I wouldn't usually do and it just felt amazing can you say that last bit one more time only because our Skype cut up for some reason (laughs) (laughs) it somehow like pushing myself in the gym it transferred to me like pushing past my limits in the outside life like I was taking up more opportunities I wasn't saying no I was more enthused with life I had more energy I was like fueling my body for something I was more passionate about. Mm-hmm. So it led to me just doing more things that weren't fitness related and not sitting on my ass wishing I could do stuff, but instead doing the stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so for the people who don't know, what's the difference between bikini figure and bodybuilding? Like what differentiates those three? Bikini is more of kind of like a fairy type of posing like you need to do a lot of elegant hand swings and do little poses with your hands on your head and make yourself look like really feminine and have that like waist that 
just makes you look kind of to me they look like really pretty aesthetic barbie dolls because they're just they're just like perfect in the whole symmetry there but then you look at the figure girls and they have more muscle size on them which is something i love and they don't need to be so elegant which is something i can't do and you kind of hold the poses and you get to really kind of flex your whole body more so than just your booty and your legs so it's more whole figure encompassing and then bodybuilding we don't really do bodybuilding we have physique which to me looks exactly like american bodybuilders but i rec i really look up to their hard work like you can see the hard work they put into their bodies but it's just next level muscle next level conditioning and it's insane but you can see the hard work they put into the training and dieting no, definitely. And I'm also kind of curious because, like, I've trained women going into figure and I've seen some interesting things emotionally and physically when they're going through the process. But I'm kind of curious with your experience, like, what was the best part of competing and what was the worst part? <laughs> the best part was it was actually really stepping on the stage. And I remember taking a lot of selfies on the day, seeing the actual feathering in my quads. I had like striations in my glutes and it's like, my hard work has come to this and just reaping the rewards of just that one day on stage. But also every single time I finished a gym session because it was so hard and I was on such little, I'm a small person. Like you see people, this is what really pisses me off about the industry. You see people posting saying, oh, I'm eating all of these carbs, I'm eating all of these calories when they're dieting. And it's like, there is no way, unless you're on some insane metabolism booster, which does not exist, that you were eating that much, being that lean, cutting down this far into a show. Like I was on 1,100 calories towards the end of my prep. So pushing through my sessions, just getting to the end of each session was actually um, like a celebration for me. It's like, I got through that session and I guess that ties into the hardest part as well. Cause it's like, especially if you prep in winter and you're like no body fat, waking up, going to the gym, training through depletion. Like I actually used to intermittent fast because my calories were so low. So I used to train on pretty much no food and just caffeine just so I can save my calories for before bed. So I can actually adhere to my diet. So that's the hard part, really dieting and stuff. And then comparing yourself to social media posts like I didn't compare myself to the photos because I know that my body's short and stocky it's like I admire their hard work I don't want to like look exactly like them but I want to have their discipline but their posts of like I'm on this many calories I'm eating this much food I'm eating this like donut and it's like yeah I can't do that but you need to like focus on okay this is what I need to eat for my body to get me to my goals who knows what they're eating behind the scenes but just seeing it at a volatile state in your competing can really throw you about. Yeah. I'm happy that you keep saying that, like, you know what how your body is. You always say it's just short and stocky and you can't compare yourself to others. And I find a lot of women who go into this kind of realm of fitness and health, they compare themselves all the time. And then they, like, start hitting walls where they're like, oh, if I don't look like her, I'm not going to make it on stage and then do well so what kind of advice would you give for you know someone who's brand new to this world that wants to compete and you know at the same time kind of stay sane 
we're all human. Like I actually do admit that I look at other people as well. But the thing is you need to be able to take the emotion and the subjectiveness out of it and realize that you want to look like someone, you don't know their history. You don't actually know like that. Cause you know how there's like muscle memory in the way that you've trained in the past, or if you did sport in the past, say if you're a rugby player, you played soccer, your legs are going to develop so much more through the bodybuilding stage because you've sparked those muscle cells and all that stuff. So you don't know their history. You don't really know the hard work they put behind it, how long they've been training for. So look into the hard work they do. If you want to be like someone, then you want to be what they do every single day. What do they do every single day that you don't to get them to that place? What do they think every single day? What are the action steps they take? What visualization techniques do they use? Visualization is something I'm really high. Like I love visualization. It's what gets me through my training half the time. So what visualization do they use? What game plan do they use on the day? Cause it's the behind the scenes in their mind that you should be envying not their body. Cause it's what they do every day that got them there. What sacrifices do they have to make? If you want to look like them, are you willing to make those sacrifices and realize that half the time those people are doing it more so as a living, they're getting paid in some way for it. Like if like there's this girl on Instagram that I look up to, her name's Lewis, Louise, IFBB pro. She's jacked to the top. And I realize she is tall. She's really, really tall. I'm not going to look anything like her, but I admire the hard work she puts into it. I can tell that she's dieting really hard as well. And like they put a lot of sacrifice into saying no to a lot of things. A lot of them don't really enjoy the balance of a family life. And I'm, I listen to your podcast all the time and you actually train ladies with a life with kids. They bring their kids into the gym. Like you train people that want to have balance in their life, not feel so deprived and struggling and throwing bricks at their husbands or kids because they're hangry. Like you need to realize that there's a difference between forcing yourself to starve and getting to that unhealthy body fat level how long can you sustain that without like ruining your hormones, metabolism, like your actual, your response to food, because it does screw up your, like your thoughts to food, your dieting personality, your food habits. It really screws it up. So are you willing to sacrifice all that or are you happy with just being beach ready? So, so, because you have to sacrifice quite a bit, I'm kind of curious if you had to tell somebody that was interested in competing for the first time, would you kind of educate them on what they would have to sacrifice? And if so, what are the some things that you would have to give up in order to be stage ready? You're going to have to be prepared to not dine out all the time. You're going to have to be prepared to go to bed hungry you're going to have to be prepared to say no to social outings half the time because you're going to be tired. Your sleep is so important. And a lot of the time people expect to just continue living life the way it is, not get hungry, but you need to prepare them in saying that you are going to get hungry no matter what. You are going to have to say no to some social outings. You are going to be tired and want to sleep at like 8 p.m., so being able to, and you are going to have to sacrifice strength. That's one thing that people keep missing. Like at, you can't expect to still be squatting over like 
think you're in pounds. Yeah. Over 200, over 200 <laughs> pounds when you've just lost six kilos of body weight and you're not eating as many things and you also have to sacrifice, I'm looking flat right now because at times you are going to look flat and it's all part of the process. So it's trusting that you picked the right coach, trusting that you're on the right journey and you're going to get there, but you need to be communicative at the same time. So. Oh, fair enough. I, I think most people, when they get into this like realm of competing, especially in the very beginning, they just don't know what it actually takes to be successful. And I'm kind of curious, have you seen people get into it for the first time and then halfway like realize, oh shit, I don't think I can actually do this? <laughs> Yeah, that was actually one of my clients. She was expecting it to be a breeze, and then she's like, I'm hungry. I can't do this anymore. I'm emotional. So we had to put her on a diet break. So thank the Lord we started her early. But they don't realize that there is a level of hunger that comes with it, and there is a level of strength that does get lost with it. And also, I, I don't see with moms, but I do see online that there are people that don't really know perceived exertion, like, they think they're going really hard half the time, but they don't really know. Like they can push themselves further, but they're too used to sitting in their safety zones. So you have to like test the waters more with them and show them that they are capable of it. And if you don't have faith that you can get somewhere, you're never going to get there. So it's all about instilling faith into your mind, visualization that you can get to where you want to be. Because like, if I didn't think that I could, deadlift my goal at the end of this year for example i am not going to be putting a lot of effort into that bar when it comes to pulling it and if i don't think that i can actually get into the top five if i compete again next year and figure then i'm probably going to be slipping up on my diet here and there i won't be giving it 100 percent because i don't believe that i would even get a place on the stage like you need to see it to really believe it to really enforce the actions it takes to get there no, you're right, and, like, it, it, it almost seems silly because sometimes if you just tell people, like, oh, you need to, like, visualize that you're going to do this thing or you need to start telling yourself that you're going to be great at this thing, they almost think it's stupid. But, like, I remember reading an article from Kobe Bryant, and he said the reason why he was so good at basketball is because he told himself every day he was the best in the league, and he never stopped doing that. And then, you know, the moment you start having a little bit of doubt, that's when you're going to slip up. So I'm kind of curious when you coach your ladies, like what, you know, actual steps would you give them to kind of visualize or if you could put it into a system, like what do you do to kind of help them guide them that way? This might actually help your clients more because I actually take on more general population, like okay. wanting to lose weight than like 90% is just people wanting to get fit and look good naked. Mm -hmm. There, are, I only have a small proportion of competitors. So there's this, there's this girl I'm, I love coaching her. She's a gem. She wants to get like, she, there's a certain weight we want to get her under the triple digits in kilos. So we want to get her under a hundred kilos. So I'm like, visualize yourself stepping on the step on the scales for the first time in how many years and seeing the number 99.9. .9. What is that feeling going to be like? How are you going to feel? Are you going to feel accomplished? Like, what is your going? What is your reaction to that number actually going to be? Visualize just walking about life, being that ten kilos lighter. 
How is it going to change all your interactions? How is it going to change your belief in yourself that you could actually drop that 10 kilos and finally break that triple digits? Like visualize the feelings, the thoughts in your head, how you carry about yourself in the day, the new belief you have in yourself because you just stepped on the scale with that number. Visualize stepping on the scale every single day. Visualize walking around knowing that you just broke that triple digit number and just how great it feels because you can do it if you believe it and you can do it if you adhere. But if you keep distracting yourself and stressing out and emotional eating, then you're taking yourself further away from that amazing feeling. So make sure that everything you do is taking you towards that goal because just imagine how you will feel because you deserve it and you know you deserve it. It's just that it seems so foreign to you. So acquaint yourself with it, live with it, sleep with it, draw it in books, make it so clear in your mind that there is no other option than breaking that triple digits. And then if it's like lifting, it's like get under the bar, feel it, imagine the emotion going through it, imagine all the cues in your head, know that you can do it and focus aggression in your mind because you can't lift a heavy weight gently. Like you just can't, you need to have some form of power and aggression in your lift. So in either way you apply it, it, to me, it's one of the most important things in ensuring success, just like the power of a journal. Like there are some people that are so foreign to writing their thoughts down. They feel like a lunatic because they're writing it down and not like just dealing with it. But the power of actually seeing trends in a journal when you write your thoughts out or if you are more of a visual person, taking photos, posting them on Instagram and being open and real in your captions and then reading it over and seeing trends in, I was feeling really good that day. Oh, I was feeling kind of down that day. Something was missing, like really realizing what triggers your responses. And especially if it comes down to emotional eating, what happened the day before? Did you skip something? Did someone say something to you that just kicked in now? Like you can't track what you don't measure. No, I love it. That's awesome. Um, I'm happy you brought up emotional eating because like the next thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, that post-competition period of time where you're like, okay, I climbed this giant mountain. I'm done. I'm going to slide down it. And a lot of times I've seen like women gain anywhere from 30 to 40 pounds after they compete because they go on like an all week binge on like cheesecake and things that they couldn't eat before. So what is kind of the, I want to say best approach, but more of a sensible approach to weaning yourself off of that extreme diet and being depleted all the time? This one does actually break my heart when I see it, to be honest. Um, a lot, I reckon a lot of it is also social media misconceptions mm-hmm. and the whole bro science of, oh my God, I'm so lean now. Anything I eat is just going to turn into muscle because I'm so anabolic, but it's actually opposite. Like your body is craving nutrients. If you feed it, it is more prone to store fat because your hormones are all whacked for starters. And whatever fat you put on in that period, especially if it's rapid, it's going to be so much harder to lose. Yet people don't see that. I was actually one of the lunatics that used to think that get so jacked and muscular now I'm just going to train and eat a lot and that was after my very first comp and then I started looking into it more and it's the complete opposite and I reckon a lot of the times people put themselves on such a strict broccoli and chicken diet that that all they crave is food like when I did my first comp I was on 
I don't eat I don't eat like meat. I'm a pescatarian. I was just on fish, potato, and broccoli, six meals a day in little containers. And this was in 2015. And it's like all that you could see on my Instagram feed was donuts. And I actually used to hate donuts. I hated chocolate. I hated junk food. I was such a health nut. And then all of a sudden I'm just wanting all of this sweet food because I've cut out everything except fish, sweet potato, broccoli. That was all I was eating. So if you're so restricted for such a long period of time, all you think about is food. So the way that I say you can manage it is for starters, don't be so strict on your diet before it. Be more flexible in your approach. Leave the strict eating, I would say, for the last four weeks, if anything, two weeks if you can. Start the prep earlier so you have more flexibility with your foods because in cutting out food groups, you're pretty much cutting out the digestive processes to process it. Like I know people after comp prep, I was one of them. They got intolerant to dairy. Like they used to love dairy and then all of a sudden they're intolerant to dairy because they've cut out dairy for so long. Their lactase lactase is just gone. And there are other people that started getting sensitive to like nuts even. So try and keep as much variety within your diet as you can until you get close to the show. And don't think about food as the end result. Think about the end result of you looking good and then set new goals. That's why I, going back to my one, that's why I needed to set a new goal. And that's why I entered powerlifting because I still was so physique focused, like in comp prep, you know how in bodybuilding you just do volume, like sets and sets and reps and reps. I was doing three hours back to back of just training. It wasn't with rest periods. Like that was just three hours of training. And then I would do cardio for 40 minutes after that. So I was in the gym for about three to four hours just to keep that physique look. But I was eating like, I upped my calories a thousand by then because I was doing so much more work. It, my metabolism moved with my activity load. It didn't just shoot up. It's because my activity increased, which is another misconception. Like you don't just have your metabolism go boom because you started eating. And if you cut out cardio at the same time, you are going to gain that 20 pounds. You can't just cut out your cardio completely and chuck in so much food. You need to be able to balance gradually increasing your food. Yeah, I say, okay, take a few days off. Your brain needs it. If you don't do that and take your mind off the whole dieting process for about two, three, sometimes I give them a week. I say, do a week, whatever the hell you want in the gym. Do it to your passions, but still train. Still get some cardio in, post weights. Because if you cut it out, you're going to start hating your body and you're going to come to me two months down the road saying, why did I do this? So think about two weeks, two months down the road. Now you don't want to blow out and then want to diet all the way back down again and risk any gains for future improvements in comps. So take the approach steadily, but take that two days, take that week off mentally so that when you come back on, you can follow your plan to a T and make it more flexible straight from the get go. And if you're someone that needs to have that sort of donut or go out for burgers and chips, then go on a stricter diet during the week and allow more calories on the weekend. Like make your diet suit your adherence. Yeah. Okay. It's not optimal, but what would you rather do? Give a hundred percent plan, a 1% effort or give a 50% plan and a hundred percent effort. Because that 50% plan is going to get you to that end result if you give it everything and you can adhere to it. Because if you're not going to follow that 100% plan, 
you're going to put on that 20 pounds. You're going to cut out cardio and probably feel like you just want to give up and sleep in bed because you're not doing what you want yourself to and your expectations that you just put on yourself. If you don't meet those expectations, how are you going to feel? So be gentle to yourself. Don't set them so high that you're just going to lose motivation and passion in the sport. Take it gently and don't think about food all the time and crave donuts and scroll donut pages because it is torture and you're going to do your head in grumble and moan and complain and not enjoy the process. Focus on this is where the visualization, like my last cop, I went through two books of color therapy. I was just coloring in. It was the only thing that could distract me. Like if I wanted to eat, I would color in or I would go for a walk outside and I only just remembered this the other day because it's like, how the hell did I get so late? And I'm like, oh, I was walking like all the time to get myself out of the house. So I would go walking when I got emotional. I would color in when I got emotional. I would try not to attach it to eating. But then the thing is, after comp, what is there to look forward to? What are you not eating for? You don't have that anymore. And that's kind of what I went through. It's like, I don't need to go walking anymore. I'm over cardio. I did so much in my prep. I was doing like two, two and a half hours a day. Cause I was like, cause I'm so small and I got so lean, but it's like, I don't want to do cardio anymore. I just want to eat blah, blah, blah. So having a different goal, which for me is powerlifting. It gave me that outlet where I could still strive to be something and I could still, cause I'm type A personality. I have crazy goals that kick me in the head, but I can still have that in a different sport that isn't detrimental to my eating patterns that isn't detrimental to me going through the same cycle of I need to look a certain way. I need to have this certain physique. I need to have abs. No, I don't need to because now I feel strong. I feel fueled. I'm hitting my goals still. I'm feeling satisfied every single time I walk into the gym because I got my program that my coach gave me and I'm hitting my weights. I'm making small progressions. I'm seeing that I'm getting better in my technique in bench, for example, like seeing things outside of the numbers and mirrors to feeling and just how much your life has now improved in balanced terms. So don't focus so much on food, take social events away from food and into something more active, like walking and physical things. No, sounds good. And I'm kind of curious, let's talk about hormones a little bit, because I know when women especially get so low in body fat percentage, things like menstruation can actually stop. So I don't know if you know enough about it or have some guidelines for women, like what's kind of the best strategy to kind of get those hormones back to where they were before competition? There are actually some people who don't get it back for like six months even post-comp because... Yeah, it's, I reckon to me, it's very, like, I reckon it's very genetic, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it depends how long you dieted for, because if you dieted for such a long period of time, don't expect it to come back straight away just by feeding yourself. And I remember reading that it isn't to do with your body. There we go. It isn't to do with your body fat levels per se, but it's more the stress of it. Like, Relative energy deficiency syndrome, if you've heard of red S, I don't know if you've heard, it's like your your metabolic, your resting metabolic rate isn't up to where it should be. And you can lose your menstruation through that. There's like the female athlete triad. 
And it's really hard unless you're prepared to eat extra food, do less activity and accept more weight gain that you can really get past the hormonal pauses and please, please get a full blood test, please. That's one thing that really annoys me. Like there are people that just guess and freewheelly dilly this, that, the other and chuck extra vitamins into them, buy some over-the-counter stupid expensive, is there gold in their supplements? Like (laughs) it's so ridiculous. Get your blood test first because otherwise you're just having expensive pee in the toilet and you don't really know what you're targeting. Like you can't just Band-Aid something if you don't know the cause. So get your blood tests, figure out where your levels are at, then go from there. But realize that if you are struggling that bad to get your period back and it's affecting your life and down the road it will have some effect, then get it checked. If there's nothing on the tests or anything to address anything, then you're you're just going to have to accept the fact that you have this relative energy deficiency syndrome, red S, and you're going to have to accept doing less, eating more, and gaining some weight and a lot of people aren't ready to accept that and if they're not then they're going to keep suffering in that way so don't complain about something unless you're willing to address it so if you're wanting to get your menstrual cycle back then gradually increase your calories not like an arsehole reduce your stress and have goals outside of keeping your abs and staying unhealthily lean because it's not doing you any service. <laughs> awesome. Um, the other thing, like, I've noticed throughout this whole interview, you had some, like, pet peeves about competing. So I'm kind of curious what else bugs you about the fitness industry, and it would be awesome if you just rip in a new one. <laughs> oh, my God. The whole... <laughs> I made this thing before because it's actually so annoying. It's, like, all or nothing. Okay, so I can't stick to my diet. I'm going to cut out all carbs. I'm going to go keto. Oh my God. Keto is the king. I'm just, I'm just going to rail on keto. It's the best. No, keto is good for weight loss. It works for me. You should do keto. It works for me. It works for you too, because it works for me. And all people just say, like, there are people who could eat chicken burgers day in, day out. And then the only way that they can cut that out is by going vegan. Oh, I went vegan. It works for me. It works for me. It's like, yeah, these diets work, but unless you're for ethic, ethical reasons, want to go vegan, vegan, there is no health benefit to it. I can't remember if it was on your podcast or someone else's podcast, but I think it was Alan Aragon. He was on, did you interview Alan? Uh, no. Jason Leonard's yeah. on Revolution. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, if you have ethical reasons, that's fine. But there's, like, why else do people have to supplement with all of these vitamins? Like, there's so much you're missing. So unless there's an ethical reason, don't just go vegan for the sake of it is healthier for me and don't just say keto works for you because you're a carboholic and now you just cut out pretty much all your calories what's going to happen in the after diet that's the main thing no one thinks about the after diet yeah you can maintain any diet you can do the whole 30 all diets work if you're in a calorie deficit but what are you going to do afterwards if it's not sustainable like this whole preaching all or nothing the preaching of this works for me it's going to work for you pretty much they're the main things that really grind my gears and the marketing like buy this thing on the abs and you get abs like those things that people actually believe and detox teas and what can i take for detox it's like unless your liver's malfunctioned you're fine 
Sorry. Nice. Damn my main things. Yeah, it, it's tough when we're like the industry as a whole is fighting so much crap out there. And like I even have clients come up to me when they, I don't know, over the weekend saw a commercial, saw a Facebook ad, and they're like, oh, what do you think of this thing? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, come on. You've been working with me for years. You should know better. But the marketing is so done well. And the thing now that I've been realizing is now Netflix has kind of jumped on the bandwagon of doing these health documentaries that don't really support anything and they just have ridiculous claims but because it's filmed so well with like dramatic music people are like oh my god i can't eat meat anymore and you're like no no you can't eat meat yeah it's frustrating <laughs> it's the sugar thing that actually gets me when it comes to netflix yeah. And artificial sugars, like people are so afraid of artificial sugars, yet they want to lose weight, but they don't want to have like a diet jelly. So instead they pop like jelly beans and be like, yeah, but I'm not really into the whole diet jelly thing. And I don't really want artificial sweet. Am I uh, back? Yeah, you are back now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I cut out. Something but. about jelly beans and I was about it. <laughs> Oh, because they don't want to have the artificial like sweeteners in the diet jelly. So they grab something with caloric value without taking into like account that that's adding to the calories of the day. But if they want to lose weight, what's the better option for them? Diet jelly or a bag of jelly beans. And then there are people that are actually against sugar. And they like, I just eat fruit. I'm against sugar blah, blah, blah. It's like you do realize that they all convert to thin glucose molecule in the end. So yeah. it's just the whole hype on all or nothing and believing Netflix. I don't actually own a TV, so I don't know what goes on on Netflix, but... <laughs> it's a whole other can of worms. Don't get into it. <laughs> um, maybe another good question would be if you had to give advice to your younger self, like 18, 19, 20 years old, around that time, what would it be and why? Don't be afraid of stepping into the gym. I didn't step into the gym until I was 21. So okay. um, I was kind of afraid of this is when the whole judgment and being afraid of what other people think. Like it's been three years of self-development that got me to where I am now where I just don't give a shit and I just walk around in booty shorts and crop tops. But I was because I was a stick. It's like I was fearing that what are people going to say about some skinny chick coming to the gym why does she want to lose weight? Like I didn't see it as somewhere where people just work on themselves and build themselves. So more about daring to do more, bettering myself more back then. And actually, to be honest, there's not a single thing in my life I regret because it's all made me who I am now. But if I could, I would have started fitness earlier inside the gym, like maybe a year earlier. But at the same time I was in uni then and I was doing two different degrees at the same time. So that would have probably been impossible, but yeah, it's pretty much don't be afraid of challenging your limits. Cause that was something that challenged me back then. And now I'm always wanting to challenge my limits because I know that the feeling afterwards is like, I can challenge myself even more, get further and just keep bettering myself. It's like, it's a continual I think it was Tony Robbins that coined it. Can I? Continuous and never-ending improvements. So. I love it. That was awesome. Um, so second last question, because I think you would answer this really well. What would be your spirit animal and why? I 
actually have always been into the snow leopard. Snow leopard, nice. Why? I I never really liked the tiger colors of the orange and the black, but I loved the idea of the snow leopard just pouncing and going after things. Like, no, it's not a lion, but it's like the stealthy black horse. Like nice. the yeah. That's awesome. Uh, actually, I have another question for you because um, a lot of us like regular folk that listen to these podcasts and look up to all these people feel like they have life figured out, but we're just like everybody else. We have our shit to deal with. So what is one thing you're struggling with right now? Well, at this very point in time, I still have to do my taxes. So nice. that is <laughs> <laughs> actually the craziest thing right now. Um, just trying to manage everything all at once. Like it's not, people think that, oh, they have it easy. They just need to train, blah, blah, blah. But especially when you're running your own business, there is so much to think about, like the admin, like the servicing the clients, the servicing yourself, balancing act, sleep. Sleep is a big thing. That's actually going to be my answer to the question, (laughs) sleep. Because I preach about it all the time, but I still need to work on my sleep. There you go. Uh, So very last question. Where can people find you online? Do you have any projects coming out or anything else you want to plug? You can plug away right now. Ruby Cherie with S-C-H-E-R-I-E, kind of like a French Cherie. Mm -hmm. Ruby Cherie on Facebook. Ruby Sephora underscore figure is my lifting personal Instagram. I have a business one as well, but that's okay. And yeah pretty much it i don't really have anything coming up because i just keep my constant flow of if anyone needs my guidance then i'll give them my guidance so yeah awesome so thank you so much for your time this was amazing thank you it's fun okay everyone that's gonna wrap up episode 158 with ruby who is a facebook celebrity within the group of eat train progress shout out to all the members into that group hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as i did as ruby had a lot to offer an insight into the mind of a competitor that gets on stage and has to be judged in front of so many people so thank you ruby for coming on to my show and spilling your advice from your point of view and again for those listening from the beginning Today is the last day to purchase your very own Cut the Shit, Get Fit t-shirt. And again, I will say this at the end of every single episode. Share, share, share this podcast with your friends and family and every single social platform out there. And I will continue giving you the best fitness, health, and Netflix recommendations out there in the world. And that's it for me.